Section 2 of Introductory Essay of Kopal Kundala. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Kopakundala by Benkam Chandra Chatterjee. Translated by H. A. D. Phillips. Introductory Essay, Part 2. Under the English, India is more united than she ever was before. But even so, there is no Indian nationality. There are different religions and different languages. Islam and Hinduism neutralize each other, and thereby create a sort of equilibrium. For 800 years before the advent of the British, the Indians were under oppressive foreign despots. The British rule has at least been benevolent and humanizing. After centuries of misrule and oppression, the country is at rest, and enjoying to the utmost the blessings of peace, order, and civilization. As to the danger of foreign invasion, it may be said that India has from a remote period been swept from time to time by waves of invasion from beyond its northwest frontier. The white-skinned Aryans must themselves have been the first. Then comes Alexander the Great and the Scythian invasions. Then in succession, Mahmud of Ghazui, Tamerlane, and Baber, and lastly, Nadir Shah and Ahmed Shah. But in those times there was no solidity in the empire such as there is at present, nor were there the same means of resistance. Moreover, an oppressed people, ground down with taxation, might naturally welcome a new ruler. But the keenest opponents of British rule know only too well that by the advent of Russia they would be jumping from the frying pan into the fire. As for internal dangers, they can only become appreciable when we cease to govern India for India. At the same time, we should not neglect the ordinary precautions which the strongest European governments deem it necessary to take against disloyalty and sedition. The foregoing sketch is of use in judging and accounting for the peculiar position and character of Bengali literature. A backward people have, so to speak, rushed to civilization at one bound. Old customs and prejudices have been displaced, uno ictu, by a state of enlightenment and advanced ideas. The educated classes have suddenly found themselves face to face with the richest gems of Western learning and literature. The clash of widely divergent stages of civilization, the juxtaposition of the most advanced thought with comparative barbarism, has produced results which, though perhaps to be expected, are somewhat curious. If one tries to close a box packed with more than it can hold, the lid may be unhinged. New wine may burst old bottles. The colliding forces of divergent stages of civilization have produced a literature that, for one of a better expression, may be called a hybrid compromise between Eastern and Western ideas. So we find that the Bengali novel is to a great extent an exotic. It is a hothouse plant which has been brought from a foreign soil. But even crude imitations are better than the faragos of original nonsense, lists of which appear from time to time in the pages of the Calcutta Gazette. The above remarks are merely general and there exist, of course, bright and notable exceptions, among whom may be mentioned the names of Peri Chund Mitter, the father of Bengali novelists, Bunkim Chandra Chatterjee, Ramesh Chandra Dutt, and Taraknath Ganjuli. The Alalair Garher Dula of the first-mentioned author 
may be called a truly indigenous novel in which some of the reigning vices and follies of the time are held up to scorn and derision a deep vein of moral earnestness runs through all the writings of Perry Chund Mitter, and he takes the opportunity to interweave with the incidents of his story disquisitions on virtue and vice, truthfulness and deceit, charity and niggardliness, hypocrisy and straightforwardness, not only general vices such as drinking and debauchery, but particular customs, such as a coolin marrying a dozen wives and living at their expense, are condemned in no measured terms. The book is written in a plain colloquial style, which, combined with a quiet humor, procured for it a considerable degree of popularity. Towards the latter end of his life, Perry Chudmitor gave up novel writing and wrote several pamphlets on religious subjects and short memoirs of eminent men, of which the life of David Hare, first written in English and then translated into Bengali, is best known. Durgesa Nandini was the first novel written by Bhukam Chandra Chatterjee. Though he borrows to a great extent from English novelists, he has too much originality to be a mere servile imitator. Some of his novels contain exceedingly realistic descriptions of domestic life, as, for instance, the midday scenes in the inner apartments of Jogindro Nath's house. Bisha Bikaiha the Bengali language and literature are much indebted to this prolific writer. He has enlarged the capacity of the language for the expression of varied ideas, and has imparted to it a degree of elasticity which it did not before possess. The style is pithy, incisive, and elegant, while avoiding the stilted, pompous, and florid diction heretofore in vogue, he has improved on the simple but somewhat bald style of Perry Chun Mitter. Ramesh Chandra Dutt may be called the Sir Walter Scott of Bengal. His works embrace the period during which the Maharatta power was on the ascendant, and describe the marvelous perseverance and heroism of Sivaji. To my mind, the style and language are perfect, lucid and perspicuous to a degree. There is a finish, a musical arrangement of cadence, and occasionally a richness of phrase that reminds one of the rhythmical and rounded periods of Macaulay. Aspirant Megali writers of novel or romance cannot do better than saturate themselves with the style of Romesh Chandra Dutt. I believe Tarak Nath Ganguli has written one novel only, namely Sorna Lota, but this novel is truly indigenous. It describes the everyday life, the incidents, the cares, the quarrels, the intrigues of a Hindu joint family. There is room for plenty more novels of this sort. In a prose romance or novel, the first matter of interest is the scheme, the idea, the subject. Next comes the incidents, on which depend the construction, the interest of the plot. Improbability of incident is generally resented by an educated reader, and such resentment is a wholesome critical feeling, though if carried too far, there could be no prose fiction whatever but the novels of real life. Much of the interest of a novel depends, again, on the author's powers of description, whether of scenery or of everyday objects and places of social resort. But it is by his characters that a novelist is chiefly judged. Estimated according to these tests, Sorna Lota takes a high place among Bengali novels. It would exceed the limits and scope of this notice, were I to mention all works deserving of mention, but I cannot refrain from naming Indranath Banerjee, Damodhur 
Mukherjee, and the talented authoress of Dip Norban, Indranath Banerjee's Kolpaturo, is a work of merit. In point of caustic humor, he perhaps has no equal, and the pages of Panchananda, Bengali Punch, contain some very witty and sparkling sketches from his pen. A word of advice in conclusion to present and future writers. Society can only be improved by faithfully portraying it as it is, and showing up its worst phases. To conceal, to gloss over, to pretend that no cancers exist can only increase the virulence of the cancers. In order to excite loathing and contempt, they must be held up in all their ugly nakedness. Sheep Chandra Dutt, in the Hindus as they are, has made a very mild and tentative step in this direction, at least so it appears to those who are conversant with the biting lampoons and satires of English literature. Nevertheless, he has been abused by many of his countrymen for letting in the light of day on portions of the inner life of the people, but there is nothing that he has written which was not known to many European officers. A magistrate perhaps sees the worst side of the people, but the bad must be described along with the good, otherwise the picture is inaccurate and misleading. Prose fiction possesses advantages superior either to history or to poetry. It has been remarked that it is chiefly in the fictions of an age that we can discover the modes of living, dress, and manners of the period. In this respect, much remains for Bengali fiction writers. Let them describe the domestic and social life, the cities and villages, dwelling houses, temples, shops, furniture, clothing and finery, jewelry, toilet requisites, dietary and utensils for preparation, the use of stimulants, opium, ganja, betel, drinks, etc., again under the head of morals and customs, may be mentioned descriptions of ceremonies, such as betrothals and marriages, pregnancy and births, death and burial, contracts and oaths, proverbs, sports and games, pictures, etc. Then there is agricultural life and the microcosm of the Bengali village, with its numerous members, the relations of landlords and tenants, litigation, money-lending and indebtedness, the various phases of crime as seen in the criminal courts, the peculiar position of prostitutes, the breaking up of joint life, the virtue and truly Christian self-denial of some widows, the laxity of others, the music and musical instruments, education, emigration, diseases, religion and religious customs, idols and their appurtenances, priests, female priests, astrologers, the police, the village police, the jails, dramatic representations, dancing, singing, recreations and amusements. These and a thousand other subjects may well be touched on in the novels of real life. I should be extremely glad if aspirant writers would take a hint from the above disjointed list and produce some really indigenous novels that would be interesting not only to Indian, but to English readers. For the portion of this article that treats of the relative merits of various Bengali novelists, I'm indebted to some extent to my friend and quadrum, tutor, Babu Krishna Krishur Acharya, Sheristathur of the Thakbust Office, Minapur, H. A. D. Phillips, Bengal Civil Service, E. I. U. S. Club, London, March 5, 1885. End of section 2